Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Howdy, Cowboys. As you can hear. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm replacing Old Merle for few episodes as a narrator. I hope that you'll love my style of narration. Thank you, and let's go Cowboys. been a part of many classified missions during my time in the special forces but one particular operation stands out as the most unsettling and inexplicable experience of my career it was a mission that took us deep into a remote dense forest far removed from civilization and into the very heart of the unknown on the forest was unlike any i had ever encountered before a place of eerie silence and perpetual twilight It was as if the very trees conspired to hold their breath, as if they were privy to secrets that the rest of the world was not meant to know. A team moved through the dense undergrowth with the utmost caution, every footstep echoing ominously in the stillness. 
as we ventured further into the forest, unsettling occurrences began to unfold around us. Strange figures seemed to lurk in the shadows just beyond the edge of our vision. They moved with an otherworldly grace, their forms shrouded in a surreal haze. At times we heard whispers that seemed to come from nowhere, carried on the faintest breath of wind. On one fateful day, as the sun cast long shadows across the forest floor, we encountered the creature that would forever haunt our nightmares. It emerged from the depths of the woods, a monstrous apparition that defied all reason. The creature stood at an imposing height, probably about eight feet tall. Its body was a dark gray with hints of brown, and its presence exuded an air of primal menace. It had a mane of hair that resembled that of a male lion, albeit shorter around the body and legs. But the most unnerving aspect was the way it moved. Upright on its back legs, like a grotesque fusion of man and beast. As the creature locked eyes with us, a primal instinct of fear surged through our ranks. We opened fire, bullets tearing through the stillness of the forest, but the creature was unfazed. It roared with a guttural fury that rattled our very souls, and with a speed that belied its size, it vanished into the wilderness, leaving us stunned and trembling. We searched the area where the creature had been, our nerves on edge, but there was no sign of it. It was as though the forest itself had swallowed the creature whole, leaving behind only the echoes of its chilling roar. In the aftermath of that encounter, our team was left shaken and bewildered. We questioned the very nature of the world we thought we knew. Was this creature a product of some secret experiment or manifestation of the untamed wilderness? We may never know the answer. On July 11, 2020, at approximately 22 hours, in Schuylkill Heaven, Pennsylvania, my son and I were on top of the roof after observing the local fireworks show. The fireworks had ended five plus minutes prior to this. He was positioning his camera towards the constellation of the Big Dipper, Aster Major, in order to photograph Comet Noah's. I noticed something moving. The object, as best as I can describe it, was the shape of a monta ray, as you would see it in the ocean, looking at its underbelly from below the creature. This object moved quite fast from right to left, almost directly above us. My son then saw the object and turned attempting to photograph it. I lost sight of the object after only maybe three seconds of seeing it move, but he said he saw the object make a turn and backtrack toward where it came from before losing sight of it. We both described the object as almost translucent with no visible lights at all. Earlier, I was flying my Typhoon drone to photograph the fireworks, so the size was similar, but moving much faster. I'm unsure if the object was 300 plus feet above us or higher and larger than the drone, though the speed tells me it was lower. Again, this was not a drone or any type of aircraft. It made no noise and had no visible wings. The entire episode lasted maybe three, five seconds. By the way, I have been a police officer in this town for over 20 years. In the spring of 2009, I was sent to Chechen with my platoon to fight the enemy using unconventional means. Our mission was to divert supply lines and gather intelligence by talking to villagers. 
I remember how rainy and foggy it was during that time of year. One night, while retrieving a cache of buried weapons, my team noticed some lights in the forest. We could see them with the naked eye, but they were quite far off. It appeared to be ten small lights, all moving erratically. I then noticed what sounded like voices or whispers. It sounded like two people speaking Chechen. It was very quiet at first, but it started to gain in frequency until it sounded like they were whispering right next to my ear. Soon, ten more voices joined in the whispering, all speaking at once. I began to panic, fearing that we had been made. I thought maybe the lights were a distraction, a common tactic used by Chechen soldiers, and we would be ambushed. My teammate and good friend Ivan suddenly started speaking loudly as if he was trying to communicate with his father who had died two years earlier. He started to run towards the light, dropping his gun and his pack. I assumed that he had lost it or the enemy was playing with our minds, fearing for my friend and worrying he might give up our position. I chased after him. Ivan just kept repeating, I'm coming, father. He was in a dead sprint running towards the light. As we got closer and the lights got bigger, I found it odd that I could make out no definition in them. Nobody or nothing was behind them. They just looked like lights floating in midair. That was strange to me, I recalled. Ivan, now on his knees, arms at his side, was in front of a body of water, directly in front of the lights. He seemed to be in trance and despite my attempts. I couldn't believe what was happening before my eyes. My friend Ivan seemed to be in a trance, talking to his father in the strange lights in front of us, despite my attempts to snap him out of it. In that moment, my only concern was to avoid getting shot. Eventually, the commander arrived and looked at Ivan, and the lights before muttering, the fairies have him. I had never considered anything paranormal before, and I didn't know what to make of it. Ivan eventually passed out, and when I looked back up from his body, the lights were gone. It was terrifying. We carried Ivan back to our original location, but he had no memory of what happened. It was like he was in a coma, and he couldn't remember anything from that day. The experience was extremely weird, and it's the strangest event ever happened in my entire life. Looking back, I believe that the lights had sinister intentions for us, possibly trying to lure Ivan to the water to drown him. The next day, we just nodded at each other and carried on with the missions. In the end, I became disenchanted with the Russian military and exchanged important information with United States officials. As a result, I was granted citizenship and now live in the United States, having cut off all ties with my family. I have resumed my career as an infantryman now, as an American. A friend and I were walking up the Phantom Trail and about 100 yards into it, I saw what appeared to me as a Bigfoot impression right in the middle of the trail. There was no doubt as to what it was. And as my friend caught up with me, I asked him if he saw what I saw. There was no doubt in his mind of what he saw seeing either. The print was about 14, 16 inches long, but what impressed me was the width, which was about six, eight inches, just below the toes. We walked about 
a mile up and continued to see these prints. I was armed with a .45 automatic and my friend with a nine millimeter, so we felt safe, but continued slowly with no smells or incidents. After about a mile, I noticed another set of prints, only smaller, come right into the trail. This kind of made my friend and I a little more nervous. About 20 feet later, a third set appeared. This set was a little smaller than the second, but we were sure that it was a third. At this time, we decided to turn back. We smelled nothing, heard nothing, but felt as if there was a presence that knew we were there. It was a Saturday night, and I was hanging out at the bar with my friends having a great time. We were all talking about how our lives have been since we last saw each other a few years ago. They all told me how they got some boring good paying jobs, but I'm right where I want to be at. I do photography and fell in love with it when I was a kid. It took me a few years to get above average pay, which was a pain, but I still love what I do. We all exchanged numbers later that night and left. Walking to my car, I got a text from my boss about a new project he wants me to do. The theme was nature, and I was lucky since my house is right next to a forest. I responded that I was down to do this project. It was really late at night, around 2 a.m., and I decided to go into my backyard and see where I will be going tomorrow. Draco, my four-year-old lab, was barking and whining to go outside. I got some food for him so we could relax in the backyard. I was on my phone scrolling through my social media apps, minding my own business until Draco began to viciously bark towards the woods. Draco, come over here. I yelled out. He ran back towards me quick as a rabbit. I could tell he was in fear of what he had seen. I began to comfort him and investigated the woods to see if I could see what was scaring him. All I saw were six bright white dots looking toward me, but I couldn't make out what it was. It must have been the raccoons. Uh, they're always out by my house and the woods. I shouted out to the things to go away, but they did not budge. Draco and I went back inside and I kept a close eye on the woods the whole way. We went to bed because it was late and I had to see my boss in the afternoon. I woke up and looked around because I had an ugly sense that someone was watching me. I looked at Draco and he had a dead stare looking out the window. I slowly turned my head towards the door to see the same bright white dots, but I could make out that they were the eyes of some creature, not a raccoon, but something else. They slowly started to fade away into the darkness. I turned to the other side of my bed and I saw them right in front of me. They looked like tall humans but it was too dark to see any other details. I suddenly jumped at me and that's when I woke up. This is all just a terrible nightmare. I brushed it off and went to go feed Draco before I left to see my boss. And for some odd reason, Draco would just stare at the woods for a few good minutes, then just go back to laying down. I couldn't investigate because of time. So I laughed and made my way to work. My boss, Derek, told me to meet him at a coffee shop near my house so we could talk about what he wanted some pictures of. I need you to get some good shots of our forest. I know you live in one, basically so. This shouldn't be hard, he said. I left and went to go get ready for the job. I had to stop at a store to get the right lens for this job in particular. Hopefully the nighttime shot can be quick because I don't feel safe going in there alone.
By the time I found the right lens, it was already 5 p.m. in daytime. It began to fall into the night. The sunset looked amazing. So I snapped a shot. On my way home, I was wondering how Draco was doing. I mean, why would he keep staring outside for a few minutes before laying down? Was there someone out there when I got home Draco was sleeping and it seemed as if everything was the same as I had left it? I let Draco outside and I went to take some shots of the forest before nighttime hit. I got a good 30 pictures in them, just random things, and decided to take good ones tomorrow with more sunlight. Since it was already nighttime, I decided to take the night pictures today to get them over with. I had a fear of stepping in the woods ever since I had that nightmare last night, but it was my job and I needed to get it done quickly. I went back to the house to let Draco inside and to get my other lens for the night shots. It was 8 p.m. and the light of the sun disappeared while night struck the sky. The stars were out and I had to get a good angle with the trees and have the stars in the background. I walked a little further and saw a trail leading down. I went over and noticed it led to a massive cave. It was dark and the only source of light that I had was the flashlight from my phone. I flashed over to the cave to see if I could see anything before I went inside. I wanted to look around first. As I was walking away, I heard the sound of something moving inside the cave. It sounded as if it was getting closer and trying to leave the cave. I did not want to know what was coming up from inside. So I ran down the trail to where the campers are normally. When I got there, I went up to the main I see every day. Hey, I know you don't know me, but do you know about that cave back there down the trail? I said, I'm out of breath waiting for a response. What do you want to know about it? He asked very confusedly. I work for a photography company and I want to take some pictures inside there, but I heard something moving around. Do you know anything about it? I asked him, if you're going in there for some pictures, then you might as well take your death photo while you're at it. He said, seeming mad. I just shrugged and went back to the cave to uh, take a few pictures and leave. On my way there, I tripped on something and fell over. I turned my flashlight on to see what I had stepped on. It was a large footprint. Um, it had to be roughly 20 inches long. It led to the cave along with several other footprints. I knew there was something big and I had to get a picture of it. I made my way to the cave entrance. Inside it was dark and silent. Just the beat of my heart echoed through the large cave. I took a single picture with flash on. I checked the picture and put the exposure up to see where the next entry will be. I went to the opening on the right and took another picture and did the same as the last time. When I checked the picture, I saw the bright white eyes and when I put the exposure up, I could see humanoid figures standing there watching me. I looked into the darkness and they were standing right in front of me. I had to look up at them and I didn't move a single muscle. Something behind them fell down, sound of rocks falling over. Eyes turned around and behind them were more bright white eyes popping out of nowhere. I went back to where I came from until I saw the dim light from outside. When I made it out, I ran straight to my house and called my boss immediately. I sent him the picture and he was in shock at what I got a hold of.
I work as a ranger at the Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona, and let me tell you, it's an incredible job. Not only do I get to witness the breathtaking beauty of nature, but I also have the opportunity to meet fascinating people from all walks of life. The park management takes great care of our accommodations, uh, ensuring that our rooms and stations are comfortable and well-maintained. They even renovate them every year before the massive tourist rush, and the meals they provide are not only delicious but also fulfilling. I genuinely love my job. You may be aware that the Grand Canyon National Park shares a boundary with the Navajo region. As I patrol that side of the park, visitors often ask me if I've had any strange experiences or if the Navajo people are spooky. According to our training sessions and briefings, the Navajo prefer to keep to themselves, which is why I haven't encountered them near the park. Or at least I hadn't until the other day. It happened when I saw an older Navajo man, around 70 years old, near the park. He had a hunchback and was dressed in the typical Native American attire. Curious and concerned, I approached him and asked if he needed any assistance with navigation. He appeared lost. But as soon as I spoke, his eyes opened wide and he grabbed my hands with an unexpectedly strong grip that even caused me some discomfort. I didn't expect the old man to possess such strength. With a firm hold on my hands, he pulled me closer, so we were staring directly into each other's eyes. His voice became hushed and he spoke in a mysterious tone. He informed me that he had been searching for me since that morning and had only just found me. Bewildered, I asked if I knew him, but he dismissed that question as irrelevant. What he said next sent chills down my spine. He claimed he was seeking me out to warn me about my impending death. I was left speechless, unable to comprehend what he was saying. I repeatedly asked him who he was trying to make sense of the situation. At that moment, I thought he must be delusional, given his age and the fantastical nature of his words. I shrugged off his warning and decided to guide him back to the gate that led to the Navajo region. As we approached the gate, I noticed some other Native Americans waiting for the old man. To my surprise, as soon as they saw him with me, they rushed toward us and swiftly whisked the old man away. Their speed and urgency made me wonder what was really going on. I watched them disappear into the distance and returned to my daily duties, dismissing the encounter as an eccentricity of the old man. The rest of the day was uneventful, except for helping a couple who had lost their child in the park. Thankfully, we located the child after a thorough search after sunset, I went back to my unit, took a break, ate some food, and tried to relax. I was lying on my bed, engrossed in a book when I heard a distant shriek. Although faint, it caught my attention, and I instinctively turned towards my radio, anticipating a message about the sound. But the radio remained silent. I waited for a few more moments, but there was no response. Shrugging it off as perhaps a trick of the wind, I returned to my reading. However, the same sound echoed through the night, this time louder and closer. Without hesitation, I sprang to my feet, already preparing myself for action. I thought maybe I was the only one who heard it, which seemed strange. Leaving my firearm behind, I rushed outside, following the direction from which the sound seemed to originate. It was a dark night, and the silence intensified the rustling noises that came from a distance. 
The shriek echoed once again, this time sounding like an injured animal in distress. I proceeded cautiously, moving slowly toward the source of the sound. As I neared the spot, my heart raced and a chill ran down my spine. Something emerged from behind a tree and I struggled to find words to describe what I saw. It was a figure bent down on all fours, growling with drool dripping from its mouth. Instinctively, I reached for my flashlight and directed its beam toward the creature. What I saw in that moment sent shivers through my entire being. The creature hissed and locked its black, menacing eyes onto mine. Its gaze pierced through me, leaving me paralyzed with fear. I turned on my heels and sprinted back toward the safety of the ranger station. Panic consumed me as I realized I had left my firearm inside, but there was no time to retrieve it. The only thought on my mind was reaching the station and securing myself inside. I barged into the station, slamming the door shut behind me. I made my way to the security room and quickly checked the surveillance cameras. One of the cameras focused on the area outside the station, and to my horror, it revealed the creature chewing on something. I couldn't make out the details, but its inhuman actions sent a shiver down my spine. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I remained inside the station, glued to the monitors, until the creature disappeared from sight, moving away on all fours. Only then did I double-check all the cameras to ensure it was truly gone. Feeling a mix of relief and lingering unease, I stepped outside and hurried straight to my room, locking the door behind me. By the following day, I gathered the other rangers and shared the harrowing experience with them. We reviewed the recordings from the previous night and their reactions mirror my own fear and disbelief. From that moment on, we became extra vigilant during our shifts, especially during the night. However, the creature never made another appearance, leaving us to question the nature of what we had encountered. But what haunted me even more was the memory of the old man who had warned me. His words echoed in my mind, refusing to fade away. Had he known about the creature? Was there any truth to the stories he had shared? I couldn't shake off the sense of foreboding that lingered within me. Now, as a ranger at the Grand Canyon National Park, I remain on high alert, keeping a watchful eye on the surrounding wilderness. The beauty of the park continues to captivate visitors, but deep within me, I know that there are mysteries and dangers lurking just beyond the veil of its majestic landscapes. And as I continue my duties, I hold on to the memory of that encounter, a constant reminder to stay vigilant and respect the unknown forces that may dwell within the shadows of the Grand Canyon. I'm choosing to remain anonymous for this account. I was driving eastbound on Pleasant Hill Road about one and a half miles west of Highway 164 in Richfield when something caught my attention on the side of the road. Curiosity peaked. I decided to slow down and take a closer look. 
I stepped out of my car, shining my flashlight into the darkness, and that's when I noticed something in the trees. Two large eyes were staring back at me, positioned high above the ground. It took me a few seconds to trace those eyes down to what appeared to be legs. The creature stood there motionless, illuminated by the light reflecting off its eyes. As I observed the figure, I couldn't help but notice its towering height, well over seven feet. It was covered in fine hair and had long arms and proportionally large legs. The creature stood upright like a person, but had the legs of a dog. Strangely, there was no sound at all, just complete silence surrounding this enigmatic being. After observing it for several seconds, I returned to my car and drove off fully convinced of what I had just witnessed. I can say with 100% certainty that it was not a bear or anything similar. Having encountered bears during my off-duty bear hunting excursions, I was familiar with their appearance. This creature had a distinct canine-like resemblance that set it apart. And the area where this incident occurred is known for unexplained sounds, including peculiar cries and screams emanating from the forest. Interestingly, a close friend of mine also reported seeing two large figures with fur in the same vicinity. These figures were standing uh, near a tree on the south side of the road, close to the shoulder. The road in that area is curvy, and my friend noticed eye shine from these figures. He estimates that he observed them for about three seconds as his headlights illuminated the scene. He, too, is absolutely certain that he witnessed something unusual. Overwhelmed by the experience, he immediately called me while still driving. Around 45 minutes after his call, I joined him, and we returned to the site. We brought our dog along, but every time we approached the area where the sighting occurred, our dog started whimpering and refused to go any closer. As we neared the spot, something suddenly startled us from behind. A loud growl emerged from a single location next to the road, then moved into the nearby trees, where it seemed like two animals were engaged in a fierce fight for about five seconds. We were taken aback by these disturbing sounds. It felt as though the creature or creatures were displaying aggression. We decided not to proceed further and stood there for a while, listening to the eerie silence of the woods. Realizing that we needed to leave the area swiftly, we quickly got back into our vehicle and drove away at top speed, making sure we were out in the vicinity in case any more disturbances occurred. I called my friend as we sped down the road seeking solace in the fact that the noises had ceased. I appreciate you taking the time to read this lengthy account. I wanted to ensure that you had all the information necessary to understand our experiences. I was a mountain guide in Southern Colorado last year. One mountain is notorious for the baby doll man. High elevation, pretty deep in the backcountry, is this parcel of private land that our company passes close by on the way to summit this particular mountain. All on the property there are baby dolls hanging from nooses, impaled doll heads on pikes, and random doll limbs stacked in piles. One of my guide friends tells this story. One week he was hiking with a particular group that happened to be really slow. And he was indeed leading them up baby doll mountain. Since this group was so slow, they had barely made it to the usual campsite that we take them to before the summon attempt early the next morning, by this time the sun was setting. So our friend 
decided to camp with the group further down the trail, pretty close to the baby doll men's house. On summit day morning, he wakes up at 4 a.m. because that's how early you need to get up to summit a mountain with slow people. It is pitch black and he shines his headlight around his tent. The tent is outlined with baby doll parts. When I was about 18, I was sitting in a blind after dark trying to trap owls with a couple other people who were falconers. We were about half a mile or so from the nearest road in a clearing in the woods. It was pitch black all around, and we only had a red light on inside the blind. The blind is about 12 by 12 by 8. There's three small, singular holes in each wall, but no other windows or anything, and a closed door. All of a sudden, bright light is coming in from all the different sides of the blind at once. We all start quietly freaking out. My first thought was a police helicopter looking for drug growers, but there was no sound. As soon as it went dark, we ran outside and there was nothing around and no sound. Can't explain that one, and I think I imagined it if I wasn't alone. A second one was a couple years ago. I was deer hunting in the mountains. I was walking up a trail up to a peak in a fairly remote area. I left my car at around 4 a.m. to start hiking. I could hear nosies in the woods most of the way up, but never saw anything, and that's not really unusual. When I was hunting, I saw two guys coming up the trail I'd hiked in. I was just sitting looking through binoculars, so when they got close, I waved and started talking to them. They asked how long I'd been up there, and I told them it was was about 10 a.m. at this point. Then they asked if I saw all the wolf tracks on the path. No, there hadn't been any wolf tracks. So on the way back down, I was watching the trail, starting about 100 yards down from the peak. I started seeing wolf tracks and scat, some of them even in my boot prints. There was about seven or eight individuals, and the tracks overlapped mine starting right after leaving my car. Turns out they were what I had been hearing all the way up the mountain. That still freaks me out. The vastness of the Pacific Ocean seemed endless as our United States Special Forces elite team embarked on a routine naval exercise. We were trained to handle a multitude of scenarios, but little did we know that the most unexpected and harrowing encounter of our lives was about to unfold. As we sailed through the calm waters, our eyes caught sight of an ominous sight on the horizon. An abandoned cargo ship drifting aimlessly. Our curiosity peaked, we decided to investigate. A sense of trepidation crept up my spine as we boarded the derelict vessel, not knowing what to expect. The ship's interior was eerie, a ghostly echo of its former activity. Dust and cobwebs covered everything, and a stifling atmosphere hung in the air. But it was not the ship's emptiness that alarmed us. It was the cargo we discovered below deck. There, in the dim light, stood a creature that defied all logic and explanation. It was taller than any of us, easily dwarfing a pickup truck by a couple of feet. Its bones were encased in a haunting contrast of black and white, long arms half-stretched to its sides as if it was daring us to challenge it. This cryptic creature was like nothing we had encountered before. Three-dimensional and imposing, it exuded an aura of deathly stillness. 
It seemed to absorb light around it, not reflecting anything in return. A deer skull formed its nightmarish face, void of expression yet evoking an unshakable sense of malevolence. Before we could fully process the enigma before us, the creature lunged at our team with unimaginable speed and ferocity. Chaos erupted as we struggled to defend ourselves against this formidable adversary. The creature's attack caught us off guard and inflicted injuries on several of our soldiers. Instinct and training kicked in and we retaliated with a hail of gunfire. The bullets hit the creature, causing it to roar in pain and anger, but it wasn't enough to bring it down. Despite our efforts, the cryptid managed to escape by leaping into the sea, disappearing beneath the waves with an eerie, vanishing act. We rushed to the ship's deck, hoping to catch a glimpse of Creature's retreat, but it was as if it had never been there. The ocean lay calm and undisturbed, leaving us to wonder if the encounter had been a mere hallucination. As a special forces team, we were accustomed to facing danger head-on, but this encounter left us shaken to our core. We knew we had encountered something beyond the realm of our understanding, a cryptid that defied all known laws of nature. It was an average summer day for us 10-year-olds in northern Illinois. It was a day just like any other before it. We saw the same people, we watched the same cars drive by, and we heard the same animals making the same noises they always make. There we were, the four of us, taking a break from playing basketball, and for some reason, I looked up, and there it was the biggest bird I had ever seen flying out of the western sky, but I wasn't sure it really was a bird. When I first saw it, I was certain it was one of those custom-made biplanes that was just made to look like a bird. However, I noticed there wasn't any noise coming from its engines. That's when the beast's wings flapped. It was at that time I realized I was actually staring at a bird bigger than any I had ever seen in my life. I shouted at my three friends to look up partly so they could see this giant bird and partly so I'd have someone to tell me if I was seeing things or not. At the time, I wasn't sure if any of them did look up, my eyes were fixed on the bird. I continued to watch it as it flew over my house, then off into the eastern sky. The entire sighting was only about 30 seconds, but those 30 seconds were etched into my mind forever. And the bird itself was probably around six to 10 feet in length. As for its wingspan, I am certain that it was at least around 25 feet, maybe bigger. It was a dark brown color with no other marks that I could see. One thing that stands out in my mind is its huge claws. I had seen both vultures and birds of prey's claws, and something about these made me think of a bird of prey. The only part of the bird that I didn't get a good look at was its head. All I can remember seeing is its beak, and that was only for a brief moment. As for the other three witnesses, I'm certain that two of them saw the bird too. As for the third one, he wasn't around when I looked to see if anyone else was present after the bird was out of my view. As for one of the other witnesses at the time of the sighting, and for a while after it, he agreed that we saw a rather large bird, but a couple of months after the sighting, he said he didn't remember seeing anything. As for the fourth witness, he has always agreed that we saw a giant bird that day. 
He remembers it being a dark color, but isn't sure which color because the sun was in his eyes from his viewpoint. One thing we don't agree on about the bird is its size. He thinks it was slightly bigger, around 12 feet with a wingspan of about 30 feet. That sighting was seven years ago, 1995, and to this day, I'm not sure what it was. I know it wasn't a vulture or a hawk of some kind because I see those all the time around here. After reading about Thunderbirds, I believe that's what it was. I just wish I could get a glimpse of it again. Well then, I can be certain if all I saw was my imagination taking over for a moment or a truly massive bird roaming the Midwestern skies. On February 27th, 2023, my friend was driving home from work and passing down my country road sometime between 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. Less than a mile from my house at the end of my township, within a thousand feet of the closest house, he saw an unknown creature. It was at the edge of the road as if we're about to cross. It was pitch black, very furry, and had a bobtail in the face of a pit bull. I could see its jowls. It had dog-like ears, slender but muscular, and was standing on all fours. When it saw me, it paid no attention to me, but slowly turned around and leaped back into the woods. When it leaped, it jumped like a frog. Its legs were turned out just like a frog. It was appropriately the size of a Great Dane on all fours. He was uncertain if it had humanoid feet and couldn't identify much else. Where he reported having seen it in a wooded area right beside a small bayou, you southern Louisiana, and there is a notable nook that leads off into the woods right around where he saw it. The very same night after he saw it, I heard strange noises around midnight, akin to something climbing a wooden structure, thuds, and the sound of wood bowing. Side. Events. Six or so years ago, I saw something strange leap between one section of woods to another across a highway about a half mile from my home. It was black, hairy, and ape-like at a glimpse. About three years ago, me and my wife heard a tapping on the window behind us around midnight. We laughed about it at first, but my cousin from across the street called me moments after and said there's something big in your yard. I could hear it running through your yard. It's in the woods now. We investigated and heard it rustling through trees, but never saw it. The next morning, outside the window that was tapped on was a large humanoid footprint. Barefoot, taut tap on the glass would require something to stand upright, at least five feet minimum, given the lifted foundation. About three years ago, a buddy and I were hanging out, and we saw something strange walk into my cousin's yard across the street. It was large, black, and furry. It walked on all fours and appeared like a pig at first glance. We scoped in on it and couldn't determine what it was. It had a dog-like snout, but the stature and build of a hawk. It was about the size of a large hog or perhaps a large bear cub. I don't remember it having a tail. It sniffed around his house, circled it, and went back into the woods. About a year ago, I was driving at night from the far end of my road. There is a curve approximately a half mile from where my friend reported seeing the creature. In the curve, as I banked a bit, my headlights shined into the woods and revealed I shine about six feet off the ground. 
I stopped the car next to where the ice shine was to examine it. I didn't see anything else, but the smell of rotting meat flooded the car, and I promptly left. About a year ago, I was outside around midnight when I heard a strange noise in my cousin's yard. I shined a flashlight over there and caught some ice shine at average height from the ground. It looked at me and kept walking into the wood line. In my experience, if you spotlight something and can see its eye shine, they stop and stare at you. This thing kept going but watched me the whole time. I continued to shine into the wood line for a bit longer and it returned about 15 feet down the wood line. And it stared at me from within the woods and turned around. I continued to shine my light and caught it one more time in the same place as the second encounter. It looked at me for a moment and turned away. I didn't see the eye shine again. At the time, I had an eerie feeling that it seemed too sentient to be a deer or a hog. Maybe a big cat, but normal woodland critter from around here. I live in a fenced at night gatehood. Road to the north, little stream followed by two large, large for the suburbs, properties, then a small horse stable, then the rest of the suburbs to the east forest and a large horse stable to the south and a dollar general then main road to the west overall i live in a somewhat densely populated area 3k pppbl but where my neighborhoods it's mostly suburbs and a few random pockets here and there that you'd think are in the boonies if you saw a picture of it without ever living here anyways when i was little currently 15. For whatever reason, I always went to the bathroom with the door open. I don't need more, thank God. That habit changed. One day when I was seven, I saw a shadow with nobody pacing back and forth in the hallway that lead to both my room and the bathroom, not getting too close to the bathroom and never getting too far from my line of sight. I imagine a backwards E is the layout of this hallway. Top horizontal bear is the stairs leading downstairs. Middle is my room. Bottom is the bathroom. You can't see past the stairs from the bathroom. I could tell where my room was because it was daytime and my room has a long window near the roof and the door is open, making that part of the hallway blue. It was of a tall, skinny woman with short, straight hair. We had no visitors but all my family. Brother, father, and... Mother was home. They were all downstairs, and like I said, you can't see further than the stairs from the bathroom. My mom is short, a bit overweight, and has long curly hair. I got scared shitless, so I quickly finished and ran downstairs to tell them what happened. As I was finishing, I saw her stop in front of my room, turn towards it, then sort of disappear by fading away as she walked in. Um... A few years later, I was talking to a neighborhood friend of mine who's the same age as me about ghosts. We were probably 11 or 12 at the time. I asked him if he had ever seen a ghost before and without me having ever told him about what I saw at that point, he told me that one night when he was 10, he woke up in the middle of the night and didn't know why. He looked towards his bedroom door and there stood a shadow darker than the surrounding room of a tall, skinny woman with short, straight hair seemingly staring right at him. His little sister is many years younger than us and slept with his mom. And his mom's sister are tall and skinny with long, wavy hair. He said it was 3D 
so it has some depth to it. When I saw the ghost, I saw it was flat, like an actual shadow, until it walked into my room and faded away. After he told me his story, I told him mine. Not exactly the scariest thing ever, but it still gives me the creeps sometimes thinking about it. <laughs>